Welcome to the Denver United Church Sermon of the Week. Here's a message from Pastor Neil Cheshire. Good morning, Denver United. We're going to continue in our series this morning on encounters with Jesus. I want to start out this morning with a story from my teen years. When I was 16 years old, I just got my license. My parents gave me this sweet ride, this 1993 seafoam green Ford Taurus. Beautiful. And I loved driving that thing around uh, just because I had a car, which was awesome. And so for three months I was doing that. And then one day I was on my way to the church. And the way our church was set, there was this hill on the road to it, and at the bottom of the hill was the entrance to the parking lot. And now there was no turning lane, so traffic would get backed up on this street, and then people would run into each other. And there was a lot of fender benders right there as people were waiting to turn into the church. Well, you probably know where this is going. So I'm driving up the hill, I'm worshiping Jesus, and I get to the top of the hill and I see a car in front of me, and I. And so I start slowing down because I don't see any brake lights. And then the next thing I know, I realize, wait, they're stopped. And so, boom, I hit the brakes and I start sliding. And I know I'm going fast, so I know I'm about to get in a major wreck. So, but the thing that's going in my head is not, I'm going to die or I'm going to get a broken leg or none of those things. Those would be normal things to think. No, but as a 16-year-old male, I'm driving this car, I think to myself, my dad's gonna kill me. My, my life is over. I'm gonna be grounded for the rest of my life. I'm not thinking about life is over as I'm gonna die, but then my dad's going to absolutely destroy me. And so that's what I'm thinking. I'm literally sliding, going 35, 40 miles an hour, about to run into the back of this car, and what's going through my head is, my dad's going to kill me. So then, boom, I hit the car, airbags deploy, totaled the car, and I'm sitting in the car at this point, just looking down, thinking, oh. so I'm, not, I'm not thankful I didn't die. I'm just thinking, oh, my life's over, you know. And my dad at that time worked at the church. So I see him come out of the church, and I'm thinking, oh, already, I thought I had more time. So my dad's coming towards me, and then he sees that it's me, and then he starts running, and I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. The hammer is going to come down. My life is over. So I get out of the car, have my head down. My dad runs to me, and I get an unexpected response. You parents know. First thing he asks, you okay? And he's looking at me, and he's looking at my arms. He's like, son, he's like, are you all right? Is anything broken? How do you feel? And I'm just shocked at this point. I'm thinking, oh, no, I think I'm okay. And then he just hugs me, and he holds me. And I'm like, he's like, I'm so sorry. And he's, he's like, are you sure? And... I met with compassion and love and empathy in that moment. I'm awaiting just the hammer because of what I did wrong. But my dad meets me in that moment and loves me well. And I think a lot of times we have the same expectation in our relationship with Jesus is that we do something wrong, we failed, we make a mistake, that if we encounter Jesus, we're going to encounter boom the right hand of God, right? But we get an unexpected response from him as well. So the title of my message today is The Unexpected. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you'll transform us from the inside out as we submit ourselves 
to your leadership and guidance in our lives. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to look in John chapter 8 for our encounter with Jesus this morning, verses 1 through 12. And it's the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And many of you are familiar with the story. It's a very powerful encounter with Jesus. And my encouragement to you this morning is enter in the story. Like really, let's really put ourselves in her shoes as she encounters Jesus. So let's look in chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. So you see, two encounters are taking place here with Jesus. One is the Pharisees' encounter with Jesus, and the other is the encounter of the woman. And two very different encounters with Jesus. So the Pharisees are coming in, and they're like, we got him now. Man, we got him. He's always been dodging us and he's had all these nice smart replies but now we got him because the law says that she should be stoned and so if he tries to get out of this we're gonna we're gonna have him he's gonna be guilty of breaking the law and so they're excited they're full of arrogance and self-righteousness they've got jesus they've they've pinned him in a corner so let's look at what happens in verse seven says they kept demanding an answer so he stood up and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. So they thought they had him. And then Jesus just mic drops. It's like, all right, yeah, go ahead, stoner. Just the first one has to be without sin who throws that stone. And then unexpected response from Jesus. They think, dang, got him again. And it just shows us that when self-righteousness and pride and arrogance encounters Jesus and gets humble. When we're self-righteous and we encounter Jesus, we're humbled. That's what happens. And you see it throughout the Gospels. Every time the Pharisees and the scribes came at him, they had some way of getting at him. Every single time they walked away humbled. They took a big slice of humble pie from Jesus. And the Bible says that. He, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So the Pharisees encounter Jesus was they walked away. Okay, yeah, they've been humbled. Now, the woman's encounter was a lot different. So let's just put ourselves in her shoes. Just imagine this. So first of all, she's caught in the act of adultery. So full of shame, these men are dragging her. 
literally dragging her and they drag her in front of Jesus in a crowd of people in the temple. So there's a crowd of people. Jesus is just teaching them in the morning and the next thing you know, these guys are dragging this woman into the midst of a crowd of people and then they call out all the things that she's done and says she was caught in the very act of adultery. And so there she is, shame, guilt, vulnerable there, broken in front of a crowd of people. Can you imagine what she was feeling? And then not only that, but they're talking about stoning her. So she's expecting to be killed in a brutal manner by people taking turns, throwing rocks until she is dead. So fear is gripping her in this moment. She's standing in front of this crowd of strangers there with Jesus. The Pharisees lay it out, lay out the case to Jesus. And this woman is thinking, this is it. I'm going to die being stoned to death. And she's awaiting Jesus' response. And maybe she's heard of Jesus. Maybe she, she's heard that he's a prophet. Now, prophets weren't known to be very empathetic people, especially when it comes to sin. So she doesn't know what she's waiting for with Jesus. At first, he seems uninterested. He just bends down and starts riding on the ground. And as they persist, he stands up and he says, he doesn't have any sin. He says, go ahead. So in a way, he doesn't say, don't stone her. He says, yeah, go ahead and stone her. Just first person who does it can't have any sin. So who knows what this woman is thinking? These are, these are righteous men. These are rabbis. These are Pharisees. These are sinless men. So the first one's supposed to cast a stone. Are they all just going to pick him up at the same time and stone me? So she's awaiting this moment. And I can't even imagine what she's feeling. She, she, her eyes are closed. She's probably cringing, waiting for the first, first stone to hit. Jesus doesn't help the situation. He says, go ahead and do it. So she's there awaiting that first stone. And then maybe she... She hears the first stone hit the ground and flinches. And then she hears another one and, and another. And then, but then she realizes that, wait, I haven't been hit. And she hears more. So she dares to take a look and she sees the men walking away. She thinks, what is going on? still overwhelmed with emotion, probably weeping, shaking, crying, and then it's just her standing there in a crowd of people. Jesus is kneeling on the ground. She's awaiting his response. Well, maybe if that was their judgment, I, I don't even know what's come to me. He's, he's a prophet. And so Jesus stands up, walks over to the woman, as he begins to look up, she's awaiting those fiery eyes of judgment, of, of guilt from this prophet. But instead, she looks into the eyes of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Prince of Peace, her Savior, the Good Shepherd, Instead of being met with hostility, his eyes are full of empathy and compassion and love and mercy and grace. And just like my dad looked at me and looked me over and was concerned for me and overwhelmed with me, 
She's guilty and she's waiting, but he meets her with love. Just like the prodigal son when he comes back to his father and he says, Father, I've sinned against you before heaven. Not worthy to be called your son. The father says, bring out the best robe. Put it on my son. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Kill the fatted calf and we're going to celebrate because my son who is lost is now found again. Jesus meets her there. Love and compassion. And he says to her, woman, where are your accusers? Has not one of them condemned you? She says, no, Lord. And then he says to her, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Broken people, when they encounter Jesus, they're forgiven. They're met with grace, love, mercy, and compassion. And that's exactly what she was met. Grace and truth. Because he says, yeah, I don't condemn you, but you need to stop. Stop sinning. Stop doing these things that harm you. And just like my dad, when I wrecked my car, he says, well, now you're going to have to buy your own car, son. And I'm like, that makes sense. (laughs) So Jesus tells her, hey, stop. Stop doing this stuff. It's hurting you. He was full of grace and truth. And you see that in John chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. It says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Every time we encounter Jesus in brokenness, we're met with grace upon grace upon grace. It doesn't matter how many times we encounter him, whether it's the first time or whether it's the 500 millionth time we're coming to Jesus broken, we're met with the grace of God and his truth. And so he meets us with love and compassion and he gives us guidance and direction in our life. And you see this throughout scripture. You see it with the story of Peter when Jesus tells him to cast his net to catch more fish. He catches this huge, this huge haul of fish and he falls to the feet of Jesus and he says to him, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says to him, do not be afraid. Grace, but from now on you're going to be a fisher of men. Truth. The leper who comes to Jesus and he says to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus is moved with compassion for him. And it says that he reaches out and touches the leper. And he says to him, I am willing, be cleansed. He meets him with grace. And then he says, now go show yourself to the priest and follow the law of Moses for purification. Truth, grace and truth. That's how we encounter Jesus. And so I want to leave you with two questions this morning. Number one, where in your life do you need to receive God's grace? Where do you need to encounter him? Maybe it's wounds or hurts from your past. Maybe you're feeling broken, uncertain, fear about your future. Maybe you haven't been able to forgive yourself because of what you've done. Maybe you've never encountered Jesus And you've always thought, if I walk into a church building, I'm just going to light on fire. And you've joined this morning because it's online. Maybe that's it. I guarantee you, when you come to Jesus broken, you will be met with grace. 
And so where in your life do you need to receive the healing, mercy, compassion, and grace of Jesus? And then the other question is, where do you need to receive his truth? Where have you maybe been wandering from God and you need to come back to him? Where in your life maybe you've been persistent in sin and, and it's time to stop. It's time to repent and turn and follow the Jesus way and let Jesus completely turn your life around and heal you. Where is it where maybe you're, you, you're, you feel lost and you need his guidance in your life? Where do you need to receive his truth? When you encounter Jesus, you encounter grace first and you encounter truth. He'll meet you there. And listen, we all need to encounter Jesus. I need to encounter him every day. I need his grace. I need his truth in my life. Amen. So maybe you're here and you're joining us today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never decided to do the Jesus thing and you've thought about it or maybe you've been in church, but you've never really trusted your life to Jesus. Well, the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's simply a decision of the heart saying, Jesus, I'm going to come to you. I'm just going to trust you with my life. And when we do that, I guarantee you, he will meet you with grace. So maybe you're here and you, need, you, you want to do that this morning. This is what I want to do. I'm going to take him and we're going to pray. And so if you say, yeah, I want, I want to come to Jesus. This is my first time. I want you to pray with me. Can you all bow your heads and close your eyes? Just repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. I need your grace and your truth in my life. So I receive your grace this morning and your forgiveness. And I choose to follow your truth. I repent of my sin, and I set my sights on following you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wanna pray for you all, church family. Lord Jesus, be with my brothers and sisters this week. Give them grace where they need grace. May we all encounter you every single day and experience the fullness of your grace and truth in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com. 